Welcome to the Caris Christian Center podcast with Pastor Lawson Perdue. We've been talking about faith connection, and we began in Mark chapter 5 with the woman that had an issue of blood, and she'd had this for 12 years. She went to the physician, spent all the money that she had. She wasn't any better, but she got worse. And so uh, she heard about Jesus. When she came to Jesus, she said, if I could but touch him, I will be well. And so she pressed through a crowd that was strong in Jesus and touched him and that sickness left her and she was completely healed. In fact, she started a a brand new reach out and touch Jesus movement. She's the first person that somebody has to be first that it ever says that, that touched him and was made well. But the very next place they went, the disciples went out and they told everybody, if you just touch him, you'll get healed. Praise God. And they had all kinds of people and everybody that touched him was well. And then we talked about Peter in, in Matthew chapter 14, walking on the water. Jesus put them in a boat, told them to go to the other side. You know, if Jesus put you in a boat, told you to go to the other side, that's enough to get you there. But while they were there in the boat, going to their side, they got in a storm, right? So you have to remember what Jesus told you, praise God. But Jesus was praying for them. And then he came to them walking on the water. Right, so he gave them a word. He prayed for them. You need to remember the word. You need to remember who's praying for you. And you need to remember, praise God, who's with you. He came came walking on the water. Would have passed them by. But Peter cried out, Lord, if it's you, let bid me come. If it's you, I'm all in. Praise God. If I know something is Jesus, I am all in. Praise God. And Jesus said, come. You know the word, the power in his word? Every one of the disciples in that boat could have got out and walked on the water. But Peter walked on the water. People criticize Peter because he got his eyes on the wind and the waves. But Peter is the only one that I know besides Jesus that ever walked on the water. Praise God. So don't criticize Peter. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And so he, he looked at the wind and the waves. He got his eyes off Jesus. We said, you got to keep your eyes on Jesus. Fix your focus. Beware of broken focus. If you're going to keep operating by faith, you got to keep your eyes on Jesus. And there's a lot of things to get your eyes off of Jesus. But keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on the word. Remember he's with you and keep doing what he told you to do. Amen. And we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about acting on the word of God. You know, the Bible says this in James chapter two, that faith without corresponding action, faith without works is dead. It's something to say you have faith, but it's another. You can tell that a person has faith, not by what they say all the time. You know, when I started this church, people come to me and say, tell us your vision. I'd say, stay around and you'll see it. You're just beginning to see it now. Come on, Pastor. Amen. Stay around and you'll see it. Because I didn't tell them I'm going to do this or do that or do something. I just started doing it. Praise God. And after we were here a year, I had 25,000 in saving. After two years, I had 50. 75. After three years, I had 150. I just kept going until I got about a million dollars. And when God opened the door, we stepped through the door and we bought that building on Elkton. We built that out. You know, and Jesus told me we, we, we built it for 2.35 million. That was everything all done. And the Lord told me, you know, pay this off. I owed about 600,000. He said, pay this off and save at least 20%. So we just did it. Amen. And you know, we couldn't have done this if we didn't do that. Because when this building came up, we had, we had the word of the Lord prior to. He told us what was going to happen. Praise God, faith is forward thinking. The Lord told us the first Wednesday night of November 2015 in Charlotte, North Carolina, 
Pastor got up. I, was, I got done preaching, pointed his finger at me and said, 2016 is your year and God's going to give you a building. And it shot through me like fire. I thought, that is the word of the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Came back to my office. I sit in my office. Three or four weeks later, Dr. Doug Weiss walks in. He said, Pastor, I'm going to build a building. I said, where? Right down here. I said, well, why build one when you could buy this one? Praise God. And so you know what? We looked for a building for over a year, but th then this one came available. Praise God. And we, we stepped in and bought it. You know, because we heard the word of the Lord, because God told us ahead of time. And you know, that's how faith is. We're going to talk about this today. Faith is forward thinking. And you know what? We already know things by the spirit about the future. And you know what? People say, well, why are you doing all that? Because if I'm going to do what God wants me to do next, I have to keep doing what he told me to do now. Praise God. A lot of people, times people want to do what God told them to do next, but because they don't listen well, they don't keep doing what God's told them to do in the meantime. And if you don't do what God tells you to do now, we'll see this in the scripture. You'll never be able to do what God tells you to do next. So I am busy about doing what God tells me to do now. Some people criticize me. Some people say, well, you got all this space and you got, listen, you can't think that you're just going to run up against the wall and then be able to go into the next stage. You've got to be prepared for it. That's good, Pastor. And so faith is forward thinking. And we're going to see this in the scripture. So I want you to turn with me to John chapter two. And this is the first miracle that Jesus worked it's at the wedding of Cana of Galilee. Let's read through John chapter 2, verse 1 through 11. The third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And Jesus was called in his disciples to the marriage, and they went. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said, they have no wine. Now, the first thing that I want you to realize is that need does not motivate God. If need motivated God, there would be no need. Because there is more than enough supply for every need that's in this world. And as long as we're here, there's going to be enough supply for every need. There is more than enough supply on the, on the earth for all of humanity. That's how God set it up. But need doesn't motivate God. They have no wine. Listen to Jesus' answer in verse 4. Woman, what have I to do with you? My hour is not come. Now, you know what? Most people right there, if Jesus told them that, would have quit and went home. Hang it up, the party's over. But I want you to look at what Mary tells the people. Her, his mother, Mary, said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. We're talking about how faith, you know, is connected with action. Faith without works is dead. Whatever Jesus says, do it. We need to keep doing what Jesus told us to do. Praise God, however little, however big, keep doing what God told you to do. And keep doing what God told you to do last. Some people like have no follow through. I mean, they, they just, they, they get, they, they can't go very long in a direction. Praise God. But if God tells you to do something, you keep doing that till he tells you what to do next. You know, in 1988, God spoke to me and told me to go to Kit Carson, Colorado and start a church. Praise God. And we went to Kit Carson, Colorado, and we worked, and we planted a church, and we were there for 13 years. And in 2001, while I was sitting in my office on January 4th, 2001, God spoke to me and told me to go to Colorado Springs and start a church, Karis Christian Center. And I've been doing that for the last 20 years. 
Hallelujah. And you know, I'm still doing. And then after we were here in the year 2006, so we had been here five years, Andrew Womack laid hands on Barbara and I and he prayed for us and he gave us a word. And, and Andrew told me this. He said, you are in the second stage of a five-stage plan that God has for your life and ministry. And, and as I prayed about it, the Lord spoke to me. He said, the first stage was the church at Kit Carson. The second stage is the church here. And out of this church will come three major ministries. He said, the third stage is going to have to do more with um, television you know, live stream, video ministry. You know, when God told me that, I didn't have one series. Did you know I've got over a hundred teaching series today? God, that was part of getting ready for the next step. The fourth stage has to do with pastors and churches. You know, shortly after God spoke to us, January 4th, 2001, we, we bought a house here. It took us five months to find a house. I, got, I had to go to six different banks before I found a banker that would loan me money, and I had 50% down. And finally, I found a banker. He said, listen, I'll prove your income. The first banker we went to laughed at us. She said, you, we were trying to buy a house in the southwest side of town in District 12 because that's where we felt like God wanted us to be when we first moved here. And, and so this realtor took it as this bank, and this banker sat across, it was a woman banker, sat across the desk and laughed at me and said, you can't even afford to buy a lot in this school district, let alone a house. And you know, I looked across that desk. Barbara said I turned beet red. And I said, if I couldn't do it, I wouldn't be here. And I got up and walked out of the office, you know, and I embarrassed my wife. Well, you know what? I didn't mean to embarrass my wife. I wasn't trying to be rude to that lady. But you know what? What God spoke to me, what God told me was more important than what that banker was telling me. And you know, we bought a house. Praise God. Cost me 213000 in 2001. Barbara and I just sold it. Praise God, two weeks ago, sold it for 520000 I'd say that's a pretty good investment. Amen. Praise God. Glory to God. And so, you know what? We need to just do what God tells us. We need to keep doing what God told us to do. You know, my realtor got mad. Sometimes you, you tell people what God told you, it makes people mad and they leave you. Well, you didn't need them anyway. I got another realtor. Praise God. You know, in my life, I've just been keep doing, you know what? I sing this song pretty often. Jimmy crack corn and I don't care. Amen. Praise God. I, I just don't worry. I just do what God told me to do. Just chill out. I'm just doing what God told me to do. If you like it, great. If you don't, great. I don't care. I'm not here to please you. I'm here to please one person. His name is Jesus. I'm here for an audience of one. If pleasing him don't please you. So I'm doing my very best. To please Jesus. I'm doing my very best to do what Jesus called me to do. Praise God. And we work at it. We're diligent about doing. My granddad asked me when we built our first church. You know, we built our first church in 15 months after we went to Kit Carson. We had a beautiful 5,400 square foot building. That's one quarter the size of the sanctuary. The seating area. We had it completely paid for. 
in, in 15 months after we went there. Praise God. God help me. But my granddad came and he said, how'd you do this so quick? I said, Grandpa, I get up every day and I put one foot in front of the other and I just keep going. You know, I've been doing that for a long time. Just keep doing what God told you to do. Praise God. And pretty soon the fruit will become evident. And you, listen, you ain't seen nothing yet. I'm very thankful for where we're at today. I'm very thankful for what, but you know what? If I stall out right now, we'll never get where God wants us to go. You know, after I built our last church and when I paid it off, within just, within just a short time after I paid it off, Andrew Womack came the end of September that year and he said, don't stop here. You keep believing God. Jesse Duplantis came the first of November and said, don't stop here. In other words, don't rest on your laurels. There's more ahead of you. Praise God. Jesse Duplantis came on our 10th anniversary. That's the first time he spoke for us. The first Sunday of November, 2011. And when I picked Jesse up at the airport, he got in, the, he got in my car and I was driving him up the interstate, you know, from the airport. And I'm, he's like, believe God, believe God, believe God, believe God, believe God, believe God, believe God. Said, yes, Jesse, yes, I'm believing God, yes. <laughs> so pretty soon I said, Jesse, I got something for you. Do you want it now or later? He said, take it now. <laughs> so I gave him a thank you note with a check in it. Praise God, gave him the offering before the meeting. And Jesse opened it and he looked at My God, he said, you are believing God. <laughs> Hallelujah. You got to keep the switch of faith turned on. So he preached for us. He preached the next day at the Bible school. I took him back to the airport. He asked Barbara and I to come and sit in his jet. We sit across there and I said, now, Jesse, this and, and our income in 2011 was about a million dollars, the church income. And I said, Jesse, I'm believing right now for $2 million a year, but long-term, I'm believing for this. And he said, and when you get there, the long-term goal, he said, keep believing God. You never quit believing God. Now, my long-term goals expanded a lot. My short-term goal, amen, has went up. See, I believe. I know how faith works. I can believe for healing. I can believe for peace. And I can believe God for money. Amen. Amen. amen? And I, I believe God. My faith is an active thing. And I keep, you know what? I keep the switch of faith. That's what I'm teaching on, by the way. We call it faith connection. It's really keep the switch of faith turned on. You keep believing God. Don't ever quit believing God. Praise God. That's what I'm preaching about. So we need to keep doing what Jesus told us to do. And so, you know, Jesus replies to his mother, says, woman, it's not my time. She says, do whatever he tells you. <laughs> In other words, she just like, if anybody knew who he was, she knew who he was better than anybody. Faith knows God. And so there were set there six water pots of stone, the manner of purifying of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. These weren't little water pots. I mean, 20 or 30 gallon, each, six of them. Jesus said to them in verse seven, John two, verse seven, fill the water pots with water and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw out now and bear to the governor of the feast and they bear it. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water was made wine, didn't know where it came from. The servants that drew the water knew the governor of the feast called the bridegroom. He said, every man at the beginning sets forth a good wine. And then when men have drunk, well, then he sets out that that's worse. But you kept the good wine. He said, man, this is the best. You know what? When you do what Jesus tells you to do, life keeps getting better. Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. Things keep getting better. Amen. 
Praise God, it keeps getting better and better. Praise God. You saved the good wine till now. At this beginning of miracles, did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory. Miracles are a manifestation of the glory of God. You know why some churches lack money? Because they quit walking in the glory. God said in Habakkuk, he said, the silver is mine. Some ministries lack money because they quit operating in the glory. They quit operating in what God called them to do and be. And the gold goes with, God said the silver and the gold is mine and the glory of the latter house will exceed the glory of the former house. Hallelujah. Jesus did this beginning of miracles in Cain of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed on him. When they saw that miracle, they, some people see it and they still don't believe. And there's a lot of biblical examples. There's a lot of examples from the life of Jesus. Now, what can we learn as we go through this about faith? The first thing I want you to see is that faith is forward thinking. Right? They have no wine. And Jesus says, what do I have to do with you? My hour has not come. It's not my time. Most people would quit, hang it up, go home. It's over. Jesus said it ain't his time. But no, she, she pressed in the future. You see, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. You can't sit here right now and look at the realm of the right now and think you're going to get in faith by just looking at right now. You have to, by faith, see where God wants you to go. You see, the Bible talks about Abraham. God spoke to Abraham in Genesis chapter 13. He says, I want you to rise. I want you to walk through the land to the north, to the south, to the east, to the west. For all the land that you see, I will give it to you and to your seed after you forever. All the land you see, you got to keep moving into what I have for you. Faith is forward thinking. Faith looks at forward. Faith doesn't look back. People of faith don't look back. When God brought the children of Israel into the promised land, right? He was taking them out of Egypt, taking them into the promised land. I mean, they were, listen, they were in the greatest move of God on the planet. You think about how God brought them out of Egypt with a strong and mighty hand, how he demonstrated himself. And I mean, they didn't even go 30 days in the wilderness. You look at Numbers chapter 11. You remember the garlics in Egypt? You remember the onions in Egypt? My God, we had good garlics and onions in Egypt. You want to say, how dumb can you be and still breathe? In Egypt, they were killing your babies. In Egypt, they were, you were slaves. Don't you remember? How short-sighted can people be? And they complained. They complained about Moses. They complained about Aaron. They complained about Joshua. Get over there to Numbers chapter 14. Numbers chapter 13, God tells Moses, I want you to pick 12 guys. I want you to pick 12 of the best guys that you have. 12 out of 2 million. 
want a leader for each family in Israel, for each tribe of family of Israel. So Moses picks 12 of the best guys, you know, and he tells them, now, listen, guys, you go and you look at the land and you look at the fruit and you look at the cities. But he says, don't be discouraged because he knows humanity and he knows what the, the tendency of humanity is to focus on the negative. And he said, be of good courage. And so they go in, they look at the land, they see the cities, they see the fruit, they see the fields, they come back. And 10 of them go, yep, it's a good land. It's got beautiful fruit, but there's giants in the land and we're like grasshoppers in their side. And Joshua and Caleb, it's a good land. It's got beautiful fruit. It's got beautiful cities. It's got beautiful fields. And we got a great God. Let's go get it. But Numbers 14, what happened? The people complained about Moses. And they complained about Aaron. They complained about the leadership. You know what the devil, that is a trap of the devil. Some people think they have the ministry of complaining. Let me tell you, you need to get over your bad self. <laughs> they were right in the middle of the biggest move of God on the planet and didn't even realize it. They failed to see what God was doing. You know, we had Greg Fritz. He was here this week. He told us he's been going and speaking to churches. There's a lot of churches right now. They're not even 30% of what they were before the, before the shutdown. I took to a pastor friend this week. He had 1,500 people before the shutdown. And he said, yeah, 600 now, pastor, we're building back. Listen, we need to look at what God's doing. We need to rejoice. You know, last year, Jackson Clip is here. And Jackson Clip, he's been in this church for years, but he was 10 years old last year. And Jackson had a lot of different diseases. And the doctors told Jackson that he was gonna die when he was young. And he was on 10 different medications. But one day Jackson woke up and said, I am done with it. I am done with this sickness. I am done with the devil. I'm not taking any more medication and I am healed. And so I, I was listening to, you know, I said, Jackson, how did this happen? How did you get healed? He said, I heard you talking about how God healed you when you were a child, how you had a kidney disease. And I thought if God did it for Pastor Lawson, God will do it for me. You see, God is no respecter of persons. God is a respecter of faith. And I want you to know that Jackson is completely healed today. He's off all the medication. Praise God. He recently went to the doctor. The doctors are amazed. They said he's 100% normal. It's a miracle. But thank God, Jesus is still doing it. But we can have people standing looking at miracles and saying, I wonder where God is. I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't like something else. Instead of looking at what God's doing. You know, when you got people, you're going to have problems. There's going to be have difficulties. I'm not saying there's never any problems because the more people you have, the more problems you got. And if you're trying to go to a church without any problems, don't come here because we got people here. Don't come here because Pastor Lawson's here. And listen, Pastor Lawson's got a few of them. Barbara can tell you all about it. <laughs> Amen, Tanya can tell you too. She works with me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But you know, you know why my kids are so good? My kids are so good because I'm so ornery. <laughs> Glory to God. We don't want to be like our dad. Oh, Jesus. 
help us. But faith is forward thinking. And you know what? You can't get where God wants you to go looking at the back. And you can't get where God wants you to go complaining. In fact, we showed our kids this video by Gospel Bill. You know, when we were kids, you remember the Gospel Bill videos? And this one video we showed them over and over, it was called, You Complain Too Much. Barbara's mother taught her when she was a child. She said, if you're like the children of Israel and you keep complaining, your bones are going to be strewn in the desert. <laughs> Praise God. I don't know if that's grace, but it's true. <laughs> Hallelujah. We have a tendency to look at what's negative instead of what's positive. But faith doesn't look at the bad. You know, oh, it was sure good in Egypt. It was sure good. Do you know what? I... It might have been good, but it's getting better. And you can't get over there by looking back there. So you got to let go of this. You got to forget about that so we can go there. And if you don't forget about that, you're never going to go there. So he's like, let it go. Hallelujah. Faith is forward thinking. Jesus said, it's not my hour. She said, whatever he tells you, do it. The second thing about faith is faith is definite positive action. People of faith take definite positive action. Whether you know it or not, I take definite positive action all the time. And I constantly do it because I am so focused on where God's taking me. Because I know if I'm gonna get where God's taking me, it takes definite positive action today. Right, listen, Jesus, she said, whatever he tells you, do it. We need to do whatever Jesus told us to do. To the lame man, Jesus said, take up your bed and walk. To the man with a, with a, with a withered hand, Jesus said, stretch out your hand. And it was made whole as the other. To the blind man, Jesus spit and put, made mud and put it in his eyes. And he said, go wash in the pool of Siloam. And he went and washed and came again seeing. Hallelujah. To the 10 lepers, Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest because the Bible says in the Old Testament, if you're healed of leprosy, you gotta go to the priest and the priest declares you whole and then you can return to the congregation. So as they went, they were healed. How many of them thank God? One. How many people say thanks? Listen, I'm in the habit of blessing people. I'm in the habit of helping people. Amen? But I'll tell you, not nearly all of them say thanks. And it's just, a, it's just a good to get in the house. I say thank you a lot. I bet I personally write 50 thank yous a week. And it takes me a lot of time. And Tanya can tell me, my hands hurt. She said, you better quit writing, it's getting bad. I'm in the habit of saying thank you because I am very thankful for what God is doing through people and I know it takes people to accomplish what he's called us to do. We, we're doing it together. So thank you very much. I thank God for where we're at. Amen. And I thank God for where we're going. And I thank God for you. Amen. But we need to, one of them turned around and said, but he said, whatever he says to you, do it. You know, the Bible says, whatsoever you set your hand to do, the Lord will prosper. Some people want to sit around and they, and they want to prosper, but they just want to sit around in la-la land thinking it's all going to happen by osmosis. And it doesn't happen like that. Because right. believe it or not, 
You know what? Faith sometimes is work. Faith without works is dead. I got up at 4.05 a.m. This, this morning. By the way, I got up at 4 o'clock a lot of days. I went somewhere the other night. I said, guys, I shouldn't have been there. I was really tired. I was exhausted. And sometimes when I get tired, it wears on me. But you know what? I get up and go to work. Hallelujah. Why? Because I have a vision. Because I'm living by faith. Because there's things to do. There's people to see. There's places to go. Hallelujah. Amen. It's not like it just all happened one day. Just like I told my grandfather with the first church, I get up every day and I go to work. And, and you know what? I, along with getting up every day and going to work, I keep believing God. I never, ever quit believing God. And you need to keep believing God. Never quit believing God. Amen. You need to keep speaking positive words of faith. Praise God to the widow. Her, her sons were going to be taken captive because she was in such debt. Her husband was a prophet. She came to Elisha in 2 Kings chapter 4, and she said, what do, you, what do I do? The prophet said, what do you have in your house? God's not, God doesn't care about what you don't have. She said, I have nothing but a little pot of oil. He said, I want you to go to all your neighbors, and I want you to find empty vessels. The secret to your success is in somebody else's need. And, and he says, I want you to borrow vessels. Don't get a few. In other words, get a bunch of them, honey. So she went and she went to her neighbors and she got empty pots and empty pots and empty pots. In fact, I think her house was chuck full of empty pots. Then she came back to the prophet and said, now what do I do? He said, you go get your sons and go in your house and get that pot of oil. That little pot of oil you got and pour, baby. And she poured 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 and she poured. And when, when the last vessel was full, the oil stopped. She went to the prophet and said, what do I do now? He says, take it and sell it. Pay the debt and live you and your sons. She got a retirement for her and her sons of the rest because God will not be in debt. Whew. She, but she had to do something. He said, do something with what you have. Hallelujah. We've got to do something with what, if we want to move into what God has for us, we've got to do something with what God's given us. Praise God. So what Jesus, Jesus said when, when his mother said, whatever he says to you, do it. So there was these six water pots of stone, two or three firkins, 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Now, Jesus said, fill the water pots with water and they filled them up to the brim. So there's 20 or 30 gallons a piece. Now, they didn't have a faucet like you do. They didn't have a hose. Right, I've been to Nazareth. I've, I've seen the well. They say Jesus probably drank from this well. It's down deep in the ground. Now, this isn't Nazareth. This is Cana of Galilee. It's a different area. But I imagine the same thing applied. And, and in Nazareth, that well is at least 30 foot down. And when you look in there, it'd be good if you could drop a bucket and get a gallon of water at a time. So what are they doing? You know, let's, let's say they're 25 gallons, 20 to 30 gallons a piece, 150 gallons. They fill them up to the brim. They're bailing water. If you want a little sweet water, you got to dig, dig a little deeper in the well. Right, they're bailing water, bailing water. Have you ever been where somebody had to carry water? I went to Jamaica on a mission trip when I was 17 years old. 
They carried water in, in buckets on their heads. You know what it is to fill up 150 gallon? It's a, a lot of work. You ever carried a five gallon bucket of water? They're bailing water, they're, they're working. And they get them all, and they didn't halfway do it. Jesus said, fill the water pot. They filled them up to the brim. And then after they did that, what do we do now? Jesus said this, draw out now and bear to the governor of the feast. I want you to take it out. Now, you've got to keep doing what God told you to do last. Some people are real short-sighted. Some people, it doesn't last 15 minutes. And they're on something, well, God told me to do this. Well, God told me that. Well, God told me to do something else. Look, what God tell you to do? Because I believe in doing what God told you to do last and I believe in doing it until he tells you what to do next. Where should I go to church? Where God tells you to go. Do what God told you to do. Go where God told you to go. Do what God told you to do. Keep doing what God told you to go. Do. Amen? So when they got the water pots full, he said, now do you draw it out? See, faith obeys God. Faith obeys God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God because he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. Faith obeys God. That's Hebrews chapter 11, verse six. But when you look at Hebrews chapter 11, let's look at it really quickly. And verse eight, notice what it says. By faith, it's talking about Abraham, the father of our faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out to a place that he would afterward receive for inheritance, he obeyed. By faith, Abraham obeyed. And he went out not knowing where he went. Faith is forward thinking, right? Faith is definite positive action. And faith obeys God. Isaiah 119 says this, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat of the good of the land. But verse 20 says this, if you refuse and rebel, you'll be devoured with the sword. I want to keep obeying God. I want to keep doing what God told me to do. Praise God. Good things happen when you keep doing what God told you to do. Good, good things happen when you stay on track, when you stay on course. Sometimes people along the way get off course. So don't lose sight of where God's taking you. Don't get off course. Amen. Stay on track. So faith is forward thinking, right? Faith is definite positive action, right? They did what Jesus told them to do. And faith is obeying God. By faith, Abraham obeyed God. Now let's go back to John chapter two and look at this really quickly. After they bear this to the governor of the feast, when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, he knew, <laughs> he didn't know where it came from. The servants did. The governor called the bridegroom and said, listen, everybody, they give the, they give the good wine at the beginning. They get everybody a little bit lit up. Then they give them the old stuff. <laughs> but you say, or the good stuff, right? You save the best till last. When you keep doing what God told you to do, when you keep obeying God, Listen, things are going to get better. Right? It may not look like it initially. It may not look like it immediately. But if you stay at it, it will look better. It will get better. Hallelujah. And so he, he called him in. 
See, and, and then it says, this beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed on him. My last point is this, faith will work for you. In fact, your faith is working for you. Because right now, what you're receiving is what you've been believing for and what you've been speaking for a long time. So if you don't like what you're receiving today, you can change it. And you know how you change it? You change it by continuing to believe, by continuing to speak, and continuing to act on the Word of God. Because as you continue to believe, continue to speak, and continue to act on the Word of God, amen, the Word will produce a harvest like itself. I love something that Smith Wigglesworth said. Somebody asked Smith Wigglesworth, they said, how does great faith come? And he answered them with the scripture, Mark 4, verse 28. He said, first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. In other words, faith is like a farmer sowing seed. Right, Jesus said everything in the kingdom operates this way. It's Mark 4, 28. First the blade, you sow a seed and you see just a little bit, right? Then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. And if you keep believing, you keep speaking, you keep acting on the word of God, there's a day that you won't be able to hide what Jesus has done for you. Amen. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory. And the disciples believed on him. You know what happens when you keep believing, you keep speaking, you keep acting on the word of God? There's a day that you see a manifestation of what the word promises. You see the glory and people look and you can't help but hide it. And people believe on Jesus. That must not have been that little farmer from Southeast Colorado. That must have been Jesus. That must be God. Amen? Because there's no way he could do that without God. Amen? So I'm here to encourage you. Just keep saying, keep doing, amen, what God told you to do. And you know what? There's going to be a harvest. There's going to be a harvest. Harvest will come, amen. And the harvest will not lie. The harvest, that, you know what? If you've been planting weeds, you're going to get weeds. If you've been planting corn, you're going to get corn. Amen? You've been planting love, you're going to get love. Whatever you've been sowing, don't be deceived. You're going to reap. Now, when, when the scripture says that in Galatians chapter 6, it's actually used in a very positive context. So keep sowing to the Spirit. Amen? Because good things are on the horizon. 
Thanks for listening to the Caris Christian Center podcast with Pastor Lawson Perdue. If you would like to receive prayer, product, or more information about the ministry, go to www.carischristiancenter.com or call us at 719-418-4000.